We are back. Uh, welcome back to Sideline Talk Podcast. What weekend it has been. Football has returned and it's getting better and better and better. Uh, six points for Arsenal. Two wins out of two. One of the only two teams to do it. I've got to bring it in. Um, I'm not going to be one of them people speak about a type charge. Yeah, we have got a lot to discuss. Uh, Tuchel versus Conte. Jesus, the Brazilian, the brilliant. Uh, we're going to talk about him. And yeah, we're going to talk about Liverpool. Uh, what's going on there? Fulham and Palace. But to do that, I've got the usual panel with me. Dale is back. Dale, how are you doing, my friend? Did you have a good weekend? Good, mate. Lovely weekend. The rotten start to the week, though, wasn't it? But, yeah, uh, weekend was good, mate. Football was brilliant, wasn't it? All the games were good. Yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a lot of excitement. Um, lots going on. Lee Kingman Kingham. Obviously, you've had you've had the night to get over yesterday's display from Liverpool and what we shall talk about shortly, which was quite a diabolical a diabolical home debut for Nunes, shall we say? Um, but yeah, other than that, well, yeah, all good, mate. Good stuff. And Miller is back with us. Mill Dog, how's things in your end? I feel like we I, I don't hear from you, but obviously you've you've moved to the um to the better ends of. <laughs> Near, well, London, should we say? No more, no more Hertfordshire. But how's things with you, mate? Yeah, mate, everything's going well. Um, brilliant, brilliant weekend for football uh, yet again. Can't wait to get into it. Look how miserable everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You think back to where we was on here last season. Those smiling Liverpool fans we had to deal with. You know, there was Lee there milking away um, on that title charge. We were battling for top four in the end. At once, it was eighth, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's good to be back in business, um, back at Emirates on Saturday, which I was delighted to see. Uh, obviously, there were some other games. Aston Everton, Villa winning that game 2-1. I actually watched that in the pub, to be fair, so I did catch a bit of it. Um, but I've got no real different thoughts of what I had last week. Everton, they signed Connor Cody. Like, yeah, that's good for them. You know, that's someone they needed, especially after the injury of Godfrey. But when they're playing someone like Anthony Gordon up top, I have not got any faith for them whatsoever. Um, he's tiny. He's definitely not worth 40 mil. And to be honest, yeah, they need they, they need someone different up there fast. I think the sooner that Calvert-Lewin comes back, the better. I still don't think he's going to tick enough boxes for them anyway. Um, but yeah, good win for Villa, obviously, after their defeat to Bournemouth. Let's chat about Arsenal. Uh, I'll go to you first, Mildog, being someone that watched, obviously, um, from behind the scenes. And then I'll come to myself and then we'll get an outside point of view from the lads. But what's been your take on Arsenal? And obviously, we've got man, the best signing of the season by far at the minute. And I don't think anyone can deny that. Gabriel Jesus, talk to me, mate. What's your thoughts after this result? Oh, I think it's a fantastic result. I think it shows, you know, the strength of of the team at the moment. The confidence is obviously at a high, probably the highest it's ever been with Arteo, I'd say. And um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm enjoying watching them. I think, like you just touched on, Jesus being the, the signing of the season so far. Couldn't agree anymore. I mean, maybe um, the other lads will disagree, but no, I'm, I'm, obviously I'm happy. I think for once as well, I mean, you know me, I was never really a massive um, Arteta lover, but I must admit, I'm starting to see, you know, the fruits um, coming forward and I'm, I'm happy with it. I really, really think that he's building something special with. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I agree. I think it's just a good, it's a good mood all around at the minute. Obviously, uh, the documentary is going and we know what's going to happen soon in it. Um, but I think people are just starting to believe in him, even just from that. I think Arteta is showing that he's a real leader. 
And yeah, the performances are going our way. The team look like it's blossoming together. You know, we've we've added more pieces to the puzzle. Zinchenko, I thought he was brilliant as well. Um, just all around a great day on Saturday. The atmosphere was absolutely terrific. It was good to be on the carpet. One thing I will say, though, I don't want to see these violinists and bands uh, within the stadium. You know, I want to hear fans talking. I want to hear fans shouting. It's the only sort of singing I want to see. Uh, it was yeah, it was a bit of a myth. Luckily, I wasn't sat in that section, but yeah, I, I think there would have been a few cold shoulders uh, about that. I don't think many people. I haven't seen that. Where where, where are they located? Yeah, uh, luckily nowhere near my side. Um, I think it was near the clock end. It was the complete other side of the pitch. I was in the north bank. I just Is that saw a regular pitch. I don't know. I mean, it was the first home game of the season, so let's not. But hopefully, it's just a, a try and a fail. I don't think many people took too well to it, to be honest. Well, they get it's hit. That's a bit harsh, mate. Not everyone, goes, hear... not everyone goes to the football just for the beers and all that. What about the kids and all that? It's fucking good for them. Yeah, but can you imagine if they lost that game, the stick that those people would be getting? Right. All I'm saying, right, last season, last season we were giving Tottenham stick, yeah, for all of this nonsense they were doing in the, in the concourse. The only things I want to see, right, is chanting going on within the concourse or within the stands, and that's from the fans. Some band singing an ABBA tribute to Tommy Yasu doesn't sit well with me. That money can go to something else. But in terms of the game, because I want to get back to the actual to game, because we've got to move on. There's so much to discuss. Um, Jesus, yeah, look, at City, he was an option. I generally feel like he can become a legend at Arsenal. I think he can go on to do more, better things than we've seen players do in years. Sanchez, he was a great player, great set. Um, and yeah, he won some few FA Cups with us. And he did get us to an, a different level. But Jesus looks hungry, you know. He, he just seems like he's ready to go. And he knows how important he's, he's going to be to this team. And he's already shown a few amount of games. Um, and I'm looking forward to what's next, you know. His first goal was beautiful. The confidence he's got to be going through to even take that shot. And Jacko, look, anyone that's watched this show since we began knows how much I, I, I sit there and I back Jacko. He's going absolutely nowhere. He was brilliant. Um, it was quite harsh on him to not be man of the match because obviously Jesus stepped up. But yeah, he, he, he deserved a goal. He was un, he was unlucky, to be honest, not to score one or two. He seemed to be everywhere and anywhere. But... Well. Look how far forward he's getting. Yeah, I know. Like, But if we can just add... I don't even think it's a case of adding an upgrade on him at the moment because it's hard to take him out of the team. He's doing so much to it. Yes, he probably will get taken out eventually, but it's a case of getting a good a good option there next to him as well, you know, and for party. Um, but yeah, all in all, great result. And Saliba, Premier League debuts don't come easy. You've done two out of two now. We're about to talk about Darwin shortly. We know how that went. Um, and yeah, Saliba's just, he's a man on a mission and he's... Like his he, own goal, he, yeah? <laughs> Look, that's unlucky. That was unlucky. Let's be honest. He's got Vardy, minus one on Vardy's... fantasy points this week. Mate, it was one red card away from being Jonathan Woodgate of Real Madrid. Nah, Var nah mate, Vardy, Vardy's getting there if he doesn't. It was unlucky. And any other day, I generally don't think he even goes in. He was just, it was, he made the right decision because we all know Vardy. Poor, poor positioning, that. mate. Poor positioning, mate. Oh, all right. Let's talk about Van Dijk shortly, <laughs> shall we? Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Obviously, there were some 3 pm kickoffs. Um, Southampton, look, again. Last week, we were saying, I think they're in trouble. What is going on with them? Like, Luckily, they came back. It was a great comeback. However, Leeds at home, that's where you smash and grab. That's where you want three points. If they're not getting three points there, I don't know what to say for them. 
for the rest of the season. I don't know where they're going to pick up wins. Um, but yeah, Arsenal Holt, I think he's going to be in a bit of trouble. Uh, Wolves, Fulham, this is quite interesting, actually, because I've seen their link to Nunes, who Liverpool have been close to. Um, they've agreed it. They've agreed Yeah, what was your thoughts on that, Dale? Obviously, Liverpool hungry for a midfielder, even more so after last night. I've seen so many fans ranting, and now we're seeing Wolves. Shock horror, another Portuguese. Um, obviously, nil-nil against Fulham. That wasn't great. But I've said they don't score enough goals. But it's another game where you want to be taking up three points. How do you feel seeing that? Um, do you think maybe it is a case of... he? I, I saw someone say earlier, and I was quite optimistic on it. Oh, sure, if he's that good, he'd be going to Liverpool or Man City. Um, but 50 million is a lot of money for a player that's not playing proven. Um, do you feel like Liverpool perhaps missed an opportunity here? No, I don't think so, mate. I think, like I said before, Klopp will only buy somebody when it, when it's the right player. I think a lot of it's to, they know Liverpool need a midfielder. And I think a lot of it is they use Liverpool's name sometimes to try and you know boost the price up a little bit or try and get more interest in the play. I don't think we was ever really in for him, to be honest with you. I think it's mm-hmm. um, Sporting Lisbon trying to use, you know, an established name. Who they, yeah, they know they know that we need a midfielder. They're trying to use us. They're trying to maybe scare Wolves a little bit to, to try and egg them on to make a make a higher bid or make a better offer. So I don't think we was ever really linked with him. From what I know about him, he's more of a Fabinho type player, more of a sort of sit. I think he can, he can drive forward a bit better than than Fabinho can. But I don't think we was ever really someone that we were going to take seriously, or it was never really concrete talks for that. I think. We need somebody who's a bit more, uh, a bit more a flair, a bit more creative. Someone who can go past a player. I think that's what we're missing. We're a bit robotic. Everyone kind of does the same thing. Tiago is really the only mm-hmm. one who can sort of do it, do something different. You know, with a with a pass or a flick or a trick. I don't think there's much. Everyone else is kind of samey, and I think that's just where we are at the minute. Yeah. It doesn't help just having the lack of options that we've got at the minute in the middle. We just with all the injuries. That's that's all it is. But yeah, I don't think we was ever really into that Nunes. Yeah, good shout. Obviously, they're brought in Garidas as well. I mean, Wolves, they're, I feel like this season they're going to get found out because they had a very good defensive record. Um, and, yeah, for me, I think they just need to score more with that front. The, the front three they've got should be good enough as well. You know, they've got Neto. Troy always back. I know he's a bit of a hit and miss. Uh, there's something he doesn't bring to the table. Jimenez's never been the same. But Garidas looks like a good player. So we'll see what happens. I reckon that's the sort of result that we won't see many of this season, though, against teams like Fulham. They, they should be able to bounce back. Uh, and we've got to talk about Nick Pope because I was a bit baffled. Um, I logged on Saturday morning, I think it was, and I looked at my Twitter and I thought, what is going on? Um, like, I thought he just had a baby or something. Nick Pope everywhere. And then, to be honest, look, he had high weight on his shoulders, given the fact that he was trending, everyone was talking about him, I think Domino's were tweeting at everyone, just making these shouts. And it was actually to do, I found out in the end, it was because there was talks of who was better between him and one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. But his performance against Brighton, look, he'd he done well. Um, good, it was a good sign in for Newcastle. And I think he kept the game. Brighton kept pushing and pushing, and he held them up. But look, guys, I'm going to move on from the three o'clock because there is one thing. We need to talk about, and it's happened again. It's happened again, people. Manchester United, <laughs> nil. Brentford, four. We've got to go around the room for this one. Um, Lee, I'll go to you because I know me and Dave were just discussing Wolves, and then we'll go around because this is too good. 
to not get on uh, two minutes on. There's been a lot of talk about United and how, you know, it's never the manager, it never was the manager. And now there's all these rumours about how Ronaldo is perhaps a bad part to the dressing room now, more than what he is good. And he's someone that we need to, they need, they need to, you know, just cut their losses and move on from. What's your take on this? Um, and where do you think it's going wrong for them? Obviously, two bad, two bad defeats in the drop now. Um, yeah, just a bit guided. I didn't actually watch a game, to be honest. Um, I, I can't physically watch Man United games because I hate him that much. Um, <laughs> it's fucking, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see, though. Um, I think I had him down as my underachievers of the season. Um, from like from good start this show <laughs> two weeks ago and I think I've, I'm onto a winner here already um, it looks like Ten Hag and Lampard are going to be in the sack race for the first manager to go at the moment um, I don't know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of arguing between whether it's the players whether it's the owners you know you've got Gary Neville going hard at the owners uh, you've got people like Jamie Redknapp saying it's the players Oh, they're just a mess, aren't they? They're just an absolute mess. They're just they're they're not linked to anyone good. Fucking Aaron Outovich. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot they, about that one. Yeah. I can't see how they're getting out of the mess anytime soon. Their defense is a shambles. They ain't got any strikers. I mean, McTominay is probably on the worst form of his life, and I can't see how they're going to get any confidence when their own fans are just berating them. They don't give them any support. It's like yeah. their own fans, really. Throughout, for for most of us, for us all growing up, they had they had they had all our years at school. We had to listen to them celebrating success, um, and now they're finally having sort of ten years of what we've a lot of us have had to put up with, and they don't like it. Um, they can't handle it. They're not supporting their team, not getting behind the team, and I think the fans are just behaving just as bad as the players, really. You're not the first to say that, though. Yeah, I, was, I, I, don't talk, I don't listen to spot often, but I heard someone in talk sports say this, and I kind of had to agree because I thought, look, it, it, it doesn't always come gold. You know, sometimes you're going to have bad spells, and United have been going through decline for a long time. And I think the things with me as well, if you look at Man United, the players they brought in, no one's ever really improved. Like, since someone joined Man United sucked. or beat... Yeah. Yeah, like, you look, at Bru- you look at Bruno... He's gone backwards. You look at Ronaldo. Okay, he had a good season last year, but that was just as good as what he was. That was what we he'd bring. And then look at all the other... McTominay, Rashford on a decline. Martial, I never expected much from him anyway. He's, you know, he's I mean, not really bringing sign- much the to the table. San- the new signings. I mean, there was Sancho last year. He's done fuck all. He's yeah, done- Sancho, he's- great. Yeah, I mean, Martinez one, this year, I don't think... I mean, I think he's had an even worse. He's probably got to be the worst sign of the season so far. Martinez, even worse than Nunes. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's their recruitment is abysmal. Still that little silo in there. <laughs> it's just, oh, uh, I just love that. I'm not even talking about Liverpool yet. I can't, I can't yeah. feel sorry for him. I can't feel sorry for United. I never will do. But it's just, yeah, the recruitment of that club is a shambles. Just you can't try and play out player have people like McTominay and Fred trying to play around. I mean, putting Ericsson as a deep line playmaker when he's a number ten, you know, you got to look at the manager for that. He just hasn't got. He, you can see he's got a way of playing. He's not got the players to do it. I mean, mm. is it a good management yeah. that he's trying to stick to that, or is it bad management? Yeah, see, that's yeah. See, I agree with you. It's, it's bad management. It's bad yeah. management, mate. It drives me mad when I see when I see teams playing with 
you know, they say, oh, the manager's got a philosophy, but he needs a certain player. But then he continues to still do the same things with the players that can't play that system. Play to what, you know, you've got a group of players. It's going to take, you've got to play to the to the strengths of the team. So if you've got, if you know you can't play out from the back, put a big lump up front and go long to him. It's, it's simple. They just overcomplicate it. And it's, it does mind nothing. Not that I'd like, like I want to see United win it. It's brilliant to see him getting slapped up 4-0 at half time. But it just drives me mad when these managers are so stubborn and they and they mm. continue to play the same way, and they think it's going to. They just believe in their philosophy about the, the, the higher the higher error didn't help really. I mean, I, I yeah, I'll of, be honest. Backed Look, him in I, the first show we did this season, I backed him and said he was still. I can't remember who said he was. I might have been Sam said he was he was shit these days, but uh, I think I backed him and he's just gone and done that. What was so. brilliant <laughs> to see as well? What was brilliant to see? I've got to, I've got to bring this up. Is the fact that the hair had such a bad game. I agree with what he said in his interview. I think De Gea was at fault for maybe at least two or three of the goals. Um, however, having said that, the team were just as bad. Uh, he can't take all the he can't take all the blame. They they conceded four goals in thirty four minutes. Doing that to a team like Brentford should never happen. Um, no matter how you know how many skeletons there are in the closet, you're still Manchester United. You don't concede four, four goals in thirty five minutes to the likes of Mbumo, uh, Josh De Silva. You know. You're better than that. You've definitely got the quality to be better than that. Um, and yeah, sorry, go go on. Dave. Thing is, you can't you can't take too much away from Brentford. They had a game plan, which was yeah, they stuck yeah, to it. They, they they pressed them they pressed them higher. They pressed the life out of them. When they got the ball, they didn't muck around with it in me. If they got it forward, they attacked the five foot nine centre back in Martinez. They put Ben Mee on him every single corner that they had. He was just it was Ben Mee versus Martinez every single time. I think you have got to give Brentford a bit of credit. You know, we've all said to them that you know this season they might have a bit of. Um, you know, second season syndrome where they might have a few dodgy results. But to be fair to them, they started like house on fire, didn't they? So yeah. I think you've got to give them, got to give say fair play to them. You know, they lost Ericsson, who was probably their most creative player, but then they played against his new team with him in it and made him look like he <laughs> was a league below. So yeah. the, good thing, the good thing is as well is that they're do, like you said, they're doing it with not they haven't really got many good players like out there. You know, they haven't got players you look at and think, oh yeah, they can they can do the job for you. Um, it's a pitfully thin squad with a few few good players in there with some talent. Like people like Wissar, you don't really know of him often, but he'll do the job for him just because he can. Yeah, but that's what United the problem need. With, then. They need yeah, they the need problem pla- with United, they need players who are going to run and work. That's what they need at the minute. I, I don't know. I don't know how they fix this. Because um, as much as we can sit here and say, look, get rid of Ronaldo and move on. Who do you bring in? We've now got two weeks. We're two weeks away from deadline day right and I'm looking at United and I'm thinking okay I think you need a midfielder you probably need a striker and then I'm looking around at the Premier League table and I'm thinking how many teams are in that position Arsenal who we've just touched on we definitely need someone in the midfield um Chelsea we'll go on to them just in a minute now they they look like they're ready to spend um he seems like he's just going to throw money at everything every deal I've seen in the Premier League so far he's tried to swoop in Richarlison, Rafinha. He's trying to make his presence known everywhere. De Jong. And I'm thinking, who are you going to go to right now? Are you going to go to Man United or, who are on a serious decline? Owners probably about to sell up. Or are you going to go to Chelsea? Champions League winners, Club World Cup winners, just got some new ownership, looking to show some ambition. I think I know where you know, you're going to where you're going to put your eggs. There's only one basket. So for me, I don't know how they I don't know how they're going to actually fix this. 
I really don't. I don't know who, like, I, I saw them linked to Casemiro. Who? Is he a fix? No, short Den, term. Then, 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 who cares? Yeah. I'm also going to agree that, like, I don't think this is one of them where people are saying, oh, they could be in a relegation battle that it's Man United. Nah, it wouldn't yeah, surprise me if they go and up. put on a performance against Liverpool next week now. I don't think they will. But it wouldn't surprise me. Stuff like this happened with the Man United. It happened under Oli. Going through plenty of good, uh, bad performances. Then he went and showed up in a Manchester derby. So, but yeah, we will but move I on. I saw something today, though. Did you see when um, on, when Oli, Oli came second with that team? No, it was league. Jose. Right? I think yeah, it was Oli. Was, was... I think it was Oli, mate. Jose, no, when it, oh, you're talking about... <laughs> so his best ever management achievement was coming second with Man United. No, I think I think Oli done it as well, mate. I'm pretty yeah, sure I think Oli might have done it as well. To be he fair, did. I think he finished second the year that Liverpool were finished fourth, and we had like a thousand injuries that uh, year with no fat year that we had no fans in the ground. But did we touch on, man, what would you guys think of? What do you want to? What, what would you say if that Ronaldo is at your club and that situation was happening with you? Do you think he needs to show a bit more of a level of professionalism, or do you think just? I get how you can just play Ronaldo just because he's meant to be the best player in the world. No. Which at the moment I think he's far beyond. Like look, look <coughs> last season there was players that really stepped up. Um, you're talking the likes of Benzema, Salah, of course, and Lewandowski. Ronaldo did wonders. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of it was just the Ronaldo we knew. We 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 know what he can be. You know, I didn't see killer goals. It was a lot of poetry. I feel like they're making him a scapegoat a little bit. Yeah, he isn't mm. a, he's exactly that's what the point I was going on. I think Ronaldo is actually. The thing at the is moment, though, with it, in the same in the same breath as that though, I don't care who you are. If you don't want to be at my club, go ta ta. Yeah, if he doesn't want to be done. there. Don't care. Yeah, don't care what you've done. I don't care how many goals you scored for me. If you turn around and say you don't want to be here, I don't want to see you playing for my team. Simple. So if he wants to go, go. Simple. Bye. Mm, it's like, yeah, I think it's it's only I'd only get rid of him if he if he wants to go and if that's what his choice is. If he said like I want to leave now, but yeah. I wouldn't be if I was a Man United fan. I wouldn't be sitting there throwing all my guns at Ronaldo when Bruno Fernandez is no not doing any more whatsoever. Ronaldo is in them. Yeah, like at the moment he is. He's still in the living because. He's not a small pay player there. And I'm he still so day, annoyed on team of the year for FIFA, man. On, on FIFA yeah, this is what I mean about the decline, though. Oh, there yeah. is many players at that club that have just hit a decline since joining Man United. And yeah, he's he's one of the uh, he's one of the victims. But we'll move on because I know there's more to talk about. Um, and yeah, just when De Gea's having a bad game, Dean Henderson pops up and has an absolute blinder for Nottingham Forest. So I don't know who's biting their tongue in the Manchester United management room. But yeah, good result for Forest getting their first win of the season. Uh, historic for them, really, obviously not being in the Premier League for many years. I bet that was some day out for the fans. We have did you to see his interview? Did we oh, touch on it? I said, did we touch on his interview the other day, the other episode? Vaguely, I think. I think we yeah, touched we on it vaguely, and I think there was a bit of a... I, I was on the impression that, look, there's certain things back, you just swallow your pride and move on. Mm. Yeah, he's backing up his words. The good thing is he's done that interview, and he's gone and he's gone and just had a great performance against, let, let's be honest, at the moment, a to, uh, one of the top eight sides in the Premier League. So if you put on a performance like that against West Ham, fair enough, yeah. you know, keep going. But all he's got to do West is Ham, just back it up. And I don't feel wait, I mean, West Ham done everything they could possibly do to try and score a few man. The bar, the post. They were they were unlucky to yeah. be fair to him, wouldn't they? Another yeah, Ben Rama could have had about four goals. <laughs> Literally, he had a goal chalked off 
And then I think he hit the post. And then Dean Henderson got one off the line, I think. I thought, cool, you're having a mare. Um, four, so, now, yeah. four, four nows at the crossbar. And then Forrest's mm. goal as well was a bit jammy, wasn't it? Missed the good thing is, for them to pick up win, for Forrest to pick up wins there is good. Because like, like, like look at Fulham. They've got two results against Wolves. Uh, they've got two points out of Wolves and Liverpool. I think that's well going. Because, you know, that's, that's two big games out of the way. And there's going to be other teams that drop off. Um, Bournemouth have just hit a loss, obviously. And teams like Everton, they're hitting losses. So if you can pick up points at the beginning of this... Yeah, if they're going to pick up points now, it's a good, it's a good time to. Um, I was very impressed. Oh, Neko Williams put in a cracking display. Good to see him. Yeah, well. 15 mil. 15 mil as well. Like he's, This is what I mean with prices. You've got to perform at that sort. If you're a player that's, look, just come from a big club for 15 million, and I'm not saying 15 million is massive money, but for his level of player, of course it is. For his level of calibre, of course. Um, so, yeah, he's going to, and he, he's going to be one that keeps them up if they stay up this season because he's playing in an important position where right-wingers are just going to get down that flag. So, let's go on to Chelsea. Lots to talk about here. I was going to say, on, what about West Ham? What, what do I think of them, do you think? Do you mean? Or? Yeah, they have not made a very good start to the season, have they? Is it something to worry about? I don't know. I don't think You're so. Right, I don't think they played... I don't think they played badly. I agree with like what you said. I think it was just a case of bad luck on the day. I mean, they played realistically. They should be winning that game three or four nil. Uh, Our you had a good game for Forest. And he I, deserved I, a goal. I thought. But... Um, I thought Dale wanted to talk about Declan Rice. <laughs> I knew he was bringing this up. I knew he was bringing this up. No. What have you got to say about Declan? I actually saw you, I saw you comment Mate. on Instagram earlier, and I was so close to just getting involved, just to Mate. stir the pot. Listen, I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's clearly got uh, he's clearly a good player. He's got he's got a good engine on him, but he offers nothing, mate. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> you look at look. I mean, look. I, I did I did a bit of research on it because I thought this might come up, right? So it, it winds me up. He's had 169 games in the Premier League, right? He started just over 120 of them. He's he's lost more than he's won. He's only scored six goals. His tackle his tackle success rate is 56. percent and he's had two errors leading to goals. But everyone tells me he's a £150 million player. Scott McTominay no, scored... No, listen, no, listen. Right. So listen, Scott McTominay scored more goals than him. In less, <laughs> oh in, 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 less, in less appearances. Wilfred and Didi scored more goals than him. Scott McGinn scored more goals than him. It's Granite Jack scored more goals than him. I, I don't look at Declan Bryce the goals to... Right, so this is the thing. If people, people tell me he's a box-to-box midfielder, I look at box-to-box midfielders as people like Gerrard... Yeah. Lampard, players like that, right, who can get up and score goals as well as defend. That's what everyone tells me he is. He's not everyone tells me he's not a holding midfielder. If you if you categorize him as a holding midfielder, I still don't think he offers that much. He doesn't he, he just to me I watch him and I think, yeah, he's got he's got a good energy levels, he gets up and down. But other than that, what does he actually offer to that team? If you take him out of the team, West Ham's Leadership. results that he don't does he... Leadership, here we go. <laughs> you shall like Tottenham fan. He, he he's a shit house. <laughs> What's he led him to? What has he led him to? He got. He, I think. I think there was a stat last year. He was in like. It was in like the top five in the world of ball recoveries or something like that. So he gets. He does get the ball back. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah. He leads um, the team. He's damn. Oh. He's fucked without him. His last. I think his last nine England starts. He got man and match in 
in five of those games. That's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, but when you're playing for when you're playing for England, we ain't playing anyone of any note, are we? Apart from what? Fair play to Yeah, he played. He played. He had a good Euros, but the whole team had a good Euros. I just I just look at him and I think everyone tells me he's this he's this the next you know the next big star of England. I just don't see it. I I think if you take him out of that team. Their results don't really change that much, and if you're I talking think, about I an England, England captain, oh please no, nah, honestly, no, no, that's no, that, no, that's no, no. that's 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 he's only honestly, 22. Remember, he's only 22. He's a captain of West Ham. Yeah, really. but future I'm, England captain. But then, wow. yeah, yeah, when, Lee, Lee, when you say that, it's a it's good chance because you look around. If you look at the list of players that are going to be going, let's just say in the next three competitions, right? Let's look at World Cup. Let's look at Euros in two years' time, and then again. Uh, you look at you look at the cl- club and you look at who's going to be here for the future once um, Harry Kane is gone, should we say? Because that's what we're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Who else is there? Who else the is there is, that the has probably is, got captaincy he, material about them? Listen, he probably would become captain because he's got a good attitude and he does, you know, he does mm. do the he does the right thing. Head in not, the game, yeah. This is it. He's not someone who, who's going to, you know, be in trouble with the media. He's he's good with the media. He's, he does all the right things that England captains should do. But in terms of his quality. I just don't see it. I just don't see what everyone else seems to think about. Chad's has got to be in a Chad's has got to be in a wind up, isn't he? He's got to be. <laughs> He's got to be in a wind up. How many beers did he have today? <laughs> Lee, he might be right. Lee, Lee might be right with Rice. You know, he is only young. He's 22. He's got he's got time to improve. But I'm talking about the here and now. Like in five years' time, he could completely prove me wrong and completely change my opinion. I but think, right now, as it, as it stands, look at West Ham's, West Ham's Europa League run last year. He was fucking class in that. Class. Oh yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. But maybe I, if he finds that level by joining another I club, I think calling him overrated is perhaps strong. I think calling him overrated is perhaps strong, but. But I think as it as it's, as it's I stands, don't think it's 150 he, million. 150 no, no, million I, is way off. No, no. As it as it stands, he he's a bang average centre midfielder in the Premier League. He's not. I wouldn't say. If you look at the average. Top, look I've at the top six. That then. So look at the top he, six. Well, he right. walks into every midfielder in the Premier League apart from City. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. This is what I'm talking. This is what I'm talking about. Maybe you're midfield at the moment. No, that's what I was about to say. The <laughs> yeah, you got, only... you got you got Harley Elliott playing. Uh, Harley, Harley Elliott playing pivot. <laughs> he's getting to Chelsea. He's getting to Arsenal. He's getting to Spurs. No, he no chance. He no chance. If Basuma don't get in Spurs' team, De- then uh, Declan Rice don't get in, in Spurs' team. Oh, I would. Definitely would. Better you're saying, so you're, can, can we just get this right? Can I just clarify here? So you're saying that. Pesuma is better than Declan Rice. Are we saying I this? Think, I think Pesuma offers you more. You know what you get. I, if Pesuma's in my team, I, I, I feel I feel more com- I feel more confident. I feel more confident with Pesuma starting than I would with, with Declan Rice. He offer he would offer me more. All I'm thinking about right now. All I'm thinking about right now is the run we went on in the Euros, right, and how much Rice and Phillips together as a partnership. Yeah, but that's Rice Paul, and Phillips that together. Realistic. But that, we're not talking uh, about a partnership. We're not talking about their partnership. We're talking about Declan Rice as as. No, as, but I'm saying Rice. Rice probably was more responsible for that than Phillips. One hundred percent. I'm not too sure. I thought we had a poor game. In, a poor game in the final. But to be fair, a lot of them. A lot of them didn't really turn up in that final for the well for half an hour. We did. And then we <laughs> off the boil, but I just don't. I don't rate him, mate. I seriously, I don't rate him. He might prove, <laughs> he might prove me wrong. And like I say, I'm not wrong in it. I'm not wrong, and I'm not right. If this is my opinion, if, I mean, if you've I got someone supporting you here. Ryan, Ryan said he's not even in. He's not even top ten. Um, if that's in the league, 
And yeah, I probably don't think he is top 10 in, uh, in terms of centre mid. Sticky rice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, he, he's, he's young. He's, got he's a had great a curry engine. tonight, and he? he's had a Ruby Murray. Listen, he's got a great engine. He, he can get up and down the pitch. He's athletic. And, and, and like I say, he's not. I'm not sitting here saying he's a bad footballer. He's clearly not a bad footballer. He's got all the attributes to go on and become something special. But right now, as we are today, I listen to all these people raving about him week after week after week, and I see him do nothing. Nothing. And yet I get, oh, Declan Rice had a good game. What did he do? Oh, well, he ran up and down a few times. Well, that's standard. That's... <laughs> he got up and down. He got, he, he's good box-to-box midfielder. But what did he do? He didn't create nothing. He didn't, he didn't score. He didn't create any chances. He did nothing. All he did was get the ball, play it sideways and backwards. That, to me, ain't enough. I mean, oh, there, there's going to be some definite, yeah, definite debate on that. This season. Uh, uh, no, literally. literally it'll, probably, he's, it'll, it'll probably win the play, PFA Player of the Year this year now. Can I just that, say as well, you, you said that you think Basuma <laughs> offers more. Basuma cost Spurs £25 million pounds, um, and Declan Wright is supposedly worth £150 Let's just put that into perspective. English tax all you want. There is still but a this is the, yeah, he, he's, we, we, But this is the thing. He's not. He's not worth 150. Let's face it. I mean, if you yeah. get, if you're, if you're, if you're buying, you know, so I don't think Bellingham though is. I don't think many players are worth 150. Yeah, but, Bell, um, but Bellingham's over overpriced as well. That's just the market. That's not. That's I not don't think fault. there's many that's players in fault. in the City team that are worth 150 million. That so would be a really you know, interesting. It would be a weird. Be a weird. It'd be a weird statement. They're young midfielders and they're obviously good enough to play now already. So if you, the reason they're so highly priced is if you're paying that amount of money, it works out not that much over, say, if they're going to be in your midfield for the next 10 years. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Listen, he, he, got, he, he's, he's, he's an athlete. He, he's got he's got everything there that he could go on to become something. And like I say, he could go on to become one of the best midfielders we've seen, you know, box-to-box midfielders. But as, as it sits today... I just get fed up with listening to people sing his praises and he doesn't actually do a lot. And if you look at his numbers, he, it, it doesn't really impress me as such. Not that I need to be impressed. He probably don't give a shit, but it's, um, <laughs> it's just the way, it's just the way I see it. I just don't, I don't like, I don't like when everyone gets on him and tells me that he's one of the top, top midfielders in the premiership. I just don't see it. We've got talking of, um, midfielders and moving on and players that are overrated anyway because we've just been touching on whether Declan Rice would get into either of these teams and to be honest look I swallowed my words a bit this weekend because uh, we didn't touch on the City game actually Man City won 4-0 and Kevin De Bruyne had a masterclass after I said that I thought he was gonna not struggle this season but maybe get overshadowed um, what a performance he had in a 4-0 win and then I said this game will not live up to expectations but it had everything and as outsiders, which we all are, Sam, I want to go to you first because um, I know we've got some, we've had some debates with Dale on uh, Charles Freddie Rice or whatever you want to call it, but Jellof uh, <laughs> Rice, old sticky, old sticky rice, old sticky rice. Uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on this one. And how good does it see? It, does, is it to see rivalries like this back? Obviously, we've missed it for a while in Arsenal, Tottenham, um, and yeah. I kind of agree. I think our game is coming back. Our game is definitely coming back in terms of the fight and charisma because you haven't seen it in a while, managers getting in a scrap like that before. So, yeah, give me your thoughts on the game itself. Um, and do you feel like Chelsea were unlucky? I thought they should have won this game with ease. With ease. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, no, I couldn't. I think they should have won that. They should have put the game to bed 
early, early doors, man. I mean, I think I don't want to give too much credit to Tottenham. You know, I don't. But you, you know, that they showed that fight back again. You know, to, they were two 0 down, weren't they? So fair play. Um, but again, one of my friends actually said um, he's a Spurs fan anyway, and he said that this is the um, the game that he looks forward to the most. You know, the Battle of the Bridge, as they call it. And um, yeah, I think it's exciting to see them two managers go at it. Two good teams, really go at it. I think, you know, Chelsea are now starting to tick a little bit more. They're looking a lot better than I think we all thought they were going to be. So I completely disagree with you there. I've got to jump in and disagree. I'm what sorry. do you think, though, defensively? I think they're a lot sounder no. than people would have actually believed. Defensively, been defensively two right. They've got two of the best defenders in the oh, league. Mate, they know, but, but if they weren't playing as well possible. defensively, I would be a bit baffled. They've got Thiago Silva. That, that, that finish was a striker's finish. No, don't get me wrong. I agree. Look, they're wow. playing well, but I wouldn't say they're living up to a bigger expectation than what we expect because they have a brilliant team all in all. Um, sorry, you can go back to this in a minute, but they're just missing that number nine. But yeah, do carry on, mate. Yeah, no, they are missing, obviously, that. It's almost like they need a um, big six-foot Belgium striker to pump the ball <laughs> forward. But, you know, hey. Thing is, though, the thing is... We're touching on Chelsea being good defensively, all right, but yet they threw away they threw away two leads at the weekend. Say that again. So we're touching on Chelsea looking good defensively. They chucked away two leads at the weekend. Oh no, oh, I, no, again, yes. Obviously, there is cracks, and like you say, but I still think that they were better equipped. They looked better than I, I personally thought that they would be. I thought that Thiago would would probably suffer a little bit with his fitness this year or something like that. Um, Koulibaly would take a while to settle, but I think they're looking quite sound. Yeah, they, Mendy, they again, everyone raised with me about Mendy, and it's a, it might be a keeper thing with me. I don't think he's that great. I really don't. I think when you've got yeah, five, I... set, when you when you've got five defenders in front of you, you're always going to have a little Look, bit more protection, aren't you? We all know we all know Chelsea part the the new Stevenage bus station. We always have, so I'm not going to sit there and have people tell me that Chelsea got the best keeper in the league because how can you judge yes. when you've got You've got a big brick. No, I disagree. I think he's one of them. No, he's, I don't even, I wouldn't even say he's one of. And I'm not going to have this debate where people say he's better than Ramsdale. Yes, of course he is. He's more experienced. He's just one, yeah. like, he's an international, for God's sake. Um, but really I don't think he's as good as people, I don't think he's as good as people make out. I think he's protected by, like Sam said, the big, the big wall that's always been in front of him and every other Chelsea goalkeeper. Uh, for me, and then I'll get Lee, I'll go to you uh, for your thoughts. I just think, like, they need to think fast. I've just seen they've just signed another little Casado, I think his name is, and they're building things for the future, which is great. Don't get me wrong, that's great. Good intentions from the American, I see. Fantastic. But they've got bigger fish to fry. Like, Sterling's not going to do it all. Um, and I completely disagree with whoever put that on Instagram earlier that you... Com uh, commented on Dale. Sterling definitely not the most overrated player in the Premier League. And anyone that wants to sit here and debate that can chat to me all day long. If anything, I think he's underrated. I think he's underappreciated. Uh, and I said that when he left City. I think 40 mil for him was bargain. But relying on him to score your goals and be your, your number nine season or false nine isn't the other. Um, and neither is Broha either. I don't think Broha is spoken about enough. But I think there's some reason... there's. They need to think fast about what they're going to do. Werner's gone, Lukaku's gone, and okay, a Bamiang may give you a few goals. It's not going to be 10 or 12. I don't even think it'll be eight. 
But I don't think he's just either for the wages you'll be spending. They need to think about who's around and who there is to, to go for. I was surprised to not see them get Lewandowski. I'm not surprised. I've said this before. That would have been the ideal steal for them, to be honest. They had the money. Lewandowski could do with a spell in the Premier League. Makes never. Sense. Uh, but they're running out of options. Why never, Lee? Why? Lewandowski is one of those players who wouldn't want to tarnish his own legacy by the, the chance that he might not be able to cut it in the Prem. Mm. You think that's there? He's mm. one of those players who's probably in the back of his mind thinking, I might not be able to handle the Prem. I'm going to stay in these European leagues where I can bang goals in. It's interesting. That's interesting but then again, in fact, answer this and then and give me your thoughts on the game and the, and the, the scrap between Tutu and Conte. Uh, obviously, both of them have been charged and will most likely miss um, their next games. But yeah, who do you, who can you see fixing this for Chelsea? And do you think they're right to get rid of Lukaku and Werner uh, this window? I think you're being way too critical on Chelsea at the moment, to be honest. I thought this realistically should have been Here a comfortable 2 more. Um, I thought Chelsea were brilliant throughout the game. Tactically, Tuchel had them spot on. Um, I think the way they changed where they defended... So you agree, technically, you're agreeing with me. Technically, you're agreeing with me because you're saying they just need well, that finish. finish, which is what finish. Um, <laughs> I thought the way they, were, the way they like, transitioned from being like, in a back five without the ball and then when they had the ball, they switched, they moved the losses cheek into midfield. Reese James went out wide and like there was... They like pushed forward and it left Mason Mount in space and things like that. Um, you know, it should have been a comfortable 2 0. I mean, Spurs' equaliser never should have stood with that hair pull. That was outrageous. Yeah, um, great to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, even the first goal, I mean, 50 50, whether that ta- that tackle could have been given for the free kick, free kick to Chelsea. Um, Rob. And then they were unlucky with George. Well, I say unlucky, it was stupidity from Jorginho. I don't know what he's trying to do doing a fucking drag back in his own box. He's saying Declan Rice can't get in the top six midfield when you've got players doing that. Declan Rice can't <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> um, but I thought Chelsea looked really good. Um, I mean, everyone's been gassing Spurs up at the start of the season, saying how good how good they look, what they're going to do this season. I thought Chelsea played them off the park most of the game, to be honest. Um, but I will give Tottenham some credit. They, they've rarely, rarely they show fight in past seasons, and they actually managed to, you know, um, sort of show some character in coming back. Actually well, I think stuck the foot in. It was kind of like a battle of the battle of the bridge, uh, part two kind of thing. Um, it was quite enjoy. It was really enjoyable. Like the Premier League just turned thirty uh, yesterday, and it was like a, it was a great advert for it. Really, hundred percent. I think I think would Tuchel you? would probably probably win in a fight against Conte. He's got a longer reach. <laughs> He's got what? Did you say? Sorry. He's got a longer reach. He's got longer arms, isn't he? Yeah, he's taller. <laughs> he's massive compared to him. Yeah. Just pull, I mean, off his, um, <laughs> just pull off Conte's air transplant. I think he won uh, the tactical I mean, battle. I know. I, I know. Some, I know some tall people, but they're as weak as my limbs at the moment. So you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'd, I'd probably go Conte based on experience, and he just seems to have that fire in it. Um, Tutu, I don't know. I feel like he's just trying to trying to be one of the big boys, but he's not quite there. He's, um, he's. I don't know, but yeah, I agree. I think in terms of seeing stuff like that again, it's just enjoyable. It takes you back to like Wenger Fergie days when that actually meant something. We play United now. You don't get stuff like that on the on the touchline, so it is it is good to see. Um, from Tottenham, I completely agree with you. I think people have given them way too high expectations. 
Um, and I'm not just saying it from a from an Arsenal fan perspective. I'd say this with my Arsenal hat off. I think the fact they're not even using any of their signings, like if you look at their bench, half of their bench is the people they've just signed. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. The Suma, it's going to take some time to settle in. They've got good midfielders there. Um, and what they've had works. Obviously, Hoiberg scored. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to dispute that. But the signings they've made, I still don't think are good enough to put them in this title challenging position, which people are saying they're going to be in. And it's going to take them time to settle in. They haven't, start, they haven't started the signings yet. You can see they made a big difference when they come on. Like when they bring Perisic on, yeah. you can see it did make a difference. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if they actually start them in the next game. Yeah, that's true. I think they just need to wait for a game which obviously Chelsea away, it's a rival it's you know, it's a rivalry derby, um blood in the air, and they're gonna stick to what they know. They won't fix what isn't broken. Maybe the next game they'll they'll change things and I might be, you know, I might swallow words again, who knows? But I think people are just getting putting way too much expectation on them and getting way too excited. Uh, I think there's a lot of work to do for Conte. I think any manager, to be honest, putting these pieces together. But yeah, 30 years of Premier League and it's already living up to expectations. You know, football is back. <laughs> I don't really want to touch on this too much because I know boys were going to get wound up. But look, things get better for Arsenal. Three points for us. Chelsea and Tottenham drop points. United lose. And then Palace come to town at Anfield. <laughs> And they keep up the party. Look, um, I'll go to you first because you're right next to me and I want to get your thoughts. Um, I don't want to go into the red card just yet. I want to just get your thoughts on the performance and then we'll talk about, um, yeah, the disaster <laughs> that happened later on. But what was your take on Liverpool's start to the game? And what did you make, obviously, of the lineup? There was a lot of injuries. You could see that just by looking at it. And obviously, Klopp made it known in his interview, as he does always. Uh, but give me your thoughts, mate. Um, personally, I think he got he's got the lineup wrong both week both weeks we both games we've had. I know that he said that that Gomez wasn't fit enough to start, but he come on for what 20, 20, 25 minutes. If you're fit enough for twenty twenty five minutes, you, you, to me you can start. I'd rather him start and come off injured than then put Nat Phillips on rather than starting with Nat Phillips. Not that Nat Phillips particularly had a bad game, um, but he hasn't played a lot of football. And you know Gomez would always get in the side over over Phillips for a start. I think the midfield three is an absolute shambles. In no world should in no world does uh, James Milner start a Premier League game ahead of Jordan Henderson if he's fit. There's no world in which James Milner starts a Premier League game ahead of Cater if he's fit. Makes no sense to me. I've got no problem with Milner coming on as sub to see games out. I've got no problem with him playing in cup games. When you're playing in a Premier League game ahead of, <coughs> Milner, ahead, ahead of Hendo and Cater, it's not acceptable. Harvey Elliott was brilliant. He was probably our best player on the night. Um, but I'm not. I'm still not sure that. He suits playing in a midfield three. I'd rather see him playing as, as a 10 behind a striker. Um, but like I said, he was the only one really that was trying to really sort of probe and, and find little balls mm -hmm. in, into the channels and into the front three. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't too happy with the actual starting lineup. Saying that, the actual first sort of 15, 20 minutes, we were fine. We were we were controlling the tempo. We were, we were on top. We weren't really creating an awful lot of chances. I don't really remember their keeper having to make too many saves. Um, but yeah, it was just a bit of a, a sort of bit of huffing and puffing. And I think the problem now with having Nunes, not, not necessarily a problem, but Nunes, when you're playing and you've got a big guy up front who's tall and you can hold the ball up, sometimes you try and force it a little bit and you go long too often. And I just think we tried to play 
too many long balls that were just kind of playing into Palace's hand. They had a back five. Um, you know, they've got Anderson, um, what's the guy in the middle? Gay, 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 is that you say his name? Um, and, and Joel Ward playing as the back three. They're all pretty, pretty tall. Uh, Nunes was just having no joy, really. Um, I just felt like we were going a bit ro- a bit long and it was just a bit robotic. It was a bit sideways, a lot of backwards passes. It was a bit too slow at times. Um, and then, yeah, we got caught with the sucker punch of, of Zaha in behind, which, again, this is now, I think, nine of the last 16 Premier League games we've conceded the first goal. I think it's the last six league games. We couldn't believe some of the stats the they were coming out with. Some of the stats this, that they were coming out with. I this is what, what this is what this is what I'm ta- this is what I'm talking about with the stubbornness of managers, right? When you've got Van Dyke and Canate or Van Dyke and Matip or Van Dyke and Gomez and you're playing the high line, not a problem. When you've got Nat Phillips who turns like the Titanic trying to run back to his own goal at, from the halfway line against Wilfred Zaha, I'm sorry, that's just that's stubbornness and it's idiotic. You drop an extra five yards and give him give him a chance. But Klopp continued to to play the same way without the players to play that system. And again, we got caught and you've got to say fair play to Palace. They came with a game plan and it worked. Yeah. I, I, th- I think based on like the first, I think the first 20 minutes, to be honest, you were all over them. I don't think anyone would have expected you at half time to go 1-0 down. I agree with Elliot though. He seemed to be the only one wanting to make his presence known. And, you know, this is the time where he needs to do that. When, when certain players are injured and he's the first choice, um, you know, you've got to let the action do the talking. And I thought he did that up right up until base scored, at least. He was there by, by a long way off. Um, Salah had a few good chances. You know, that ball for Trent, I thought that was brilliant. It deserved the goal, to be honest. The way he just doesn't even need to look. Yeah. The, the thing is, for me, this is what happens in football. This is football. This is how it always is. You could have 30 chances in a game. If you don't take them... They're gonna all they're gonna need is one, and Zaha just done what he does best. Uh, he was composed, calm, cool, collective. Like he, he just does that. But what annoys me is as soon as Palace go one up, everyone sits there and makes it out as if you know he's just turned water into wine. Yes, he's a great player, but people need to remember he's 29 years of age and he does this for Palace only every so often. Um, there's no way I'd put him in like the sort of conversations I've seen him put in last night. Could not believe. Um, let's go to you next. Um, what was your take on the game? Was there anything that you disagree with in terms of the lineup, or um, do you agree that perhaps Klopp's made one too many mistakes um, at the start of the season so far? Um, well, first of all, obviously the result is shit. Um, if you're not, <laughs> you don't. If you're not winning your home. Games against mid-table teams, you're not going to win the league. I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> it's just so good to hear, isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, I, I do think there was there was positives to take out of the game, despite the shit result. Um, I actually feel we, we played more than well enough to win that game. With 95% of it was spent in Palace's half. Um, we had the chances. I mean, people keep bringing out stats tonight. Um, I think we've, we've currently got the highest XG in, in the league. We've got an average of over four goals a game, and we've only scored fucking three. Over two. <laughs> Does that add up? Uh, I mean, you've got literally, you've literally, honestly, you've literally got one of the best front threes in the league at the moment. There's a big debate to be had on who is the best front three, but it's, at the moment, yeah. I think going off what I've seen, yours and Tottenham's are probably the two to be in discussion because Man City's is kind of falling apart <laughs> it, there's no consistency in there so I'm still trying to adapt to what it is but 
front best front three in the league. You scored three goals and you got the best. Oh, sorry, it's just joyful to listen to. Carry on, mate. But yeah, uh, a bit like Dow said, you know, Nat Phillips. We we should have moved him on in the summer, really. Um, Gomez must not have been fit enough to play a full ninety. That's all I can think of. Um, is why I, did. I know he came on and played twenty five minutes and he looked fairly decent when he came on, but he must not have been fully match fit. Um, and the goal come from Zahar running off Phillips, so it's, it's the obvious target. Um, mm. But yeah, we done more than enough to win it. More than enough, we had the chances. Uh, we actually played a lot better than we did the week before against mm. Fulham. Um, I mean, Diaz's goal was world class. What a goal! Oh, that was. Unbelievable. He is. He is literally. I think and I agree with mind. you with what you. What you said the other week, I agree with you. I think he's one to watch this season. I generally think he is. I, I don't just think for his goal was brilliant as well, but his, his work rate and his, his work rate the whole day, up and yeah. down, up and down. He worked his socks off yesterday. So, yeah, it's he, very, he was to be one. fair, uh, we talk about the performance and stuff like that. I mean, how often do you see a team go down to 10 men and actually dominate the game more when they've got a player less? Yeah. We went down to 10 men and then equalised and carried on. It looked like Palace with a team with a player less. Um, well, that was because of him. Diaz, Diaz was doing about three players worth of yeah. work, I think. Yeah. Honestly, the way yeah, he was I agree with. I agree a lot with. I noticed it as well. I agree with what Dale said. And there's too many long balls. A lot of long balls last night. I know. I know Van Dyke's gone in his locker, but there's a lot of them, and, and so is Trent. But there's a lot of them. Are just who I noticed when Henderson come on, he, he just lumped it a few times. Um, there's some poor crossing from the left hand side, especially from to Smithscott when he came on came on for Robertson and yeah didn't offer anything really uh yeah Milner didn't do a lot he's just he's he's he is basically what Dale describes Declan Rice as he just runs up and down um it's just all he does and just puts on puts on the odd crunching challenging at the moment um yeah the whole build-up to the game was bad for us the whole week was bad with all the players dropping out and then, yeah, the red card didn't really help, did it? We, we got. I mean, we've got to talk about it. As much as, yeah. look, there's been mistakes in football and it's happened at Arsenal. I remember Pepe doing this exact same thing and I'm pretty sure it was against Wolves. Um, whoever tunes into this and there's an Arsenal fan can maybe prove me wrong, but I'm sure it was Pepe against Wolves where he did the exact same thing. The player rattled him, so he turned around and stupidly thinking that the referee would maybe just turn a blind eye or not see... Headbutted him. Pretty sure he headbutted his chest. Times, though, didn't he? In the build-up, he actually yeah. like he goes like that, didn't he? A couple of times, and then and yeah. Uh, the thing is, the thing I, the way I see it, right? They were in a good position at this point, Liverpool. They've been dominating the game. They've just gone into the second half, and you're thinking, right, Liverpool turning this around. That was my thought, anyway. I I would have if I had a lot of money, I'd bet on two-one Liverpool at this point. And yeah. Anderson, obviously, in, somehow Anderson knew what buttons to push because he pushed the right one straight away. And in, the way I looked at it, it was just normal football. That was just normal behaviour from a centre-back to a striker in football. You've played Sunday League. Most of us have played Sunday League. It's what people do to you all the time. They try boot. Yeah, well, even um, I mean, he hasn't... It's not like when like everyone's comparing him to Suarez because of what Suarez has like yeah. become. But Suarez had a history of it. Like They called yeah. him the cannibal of Ajax or whatever before he even came to us. Um, Nunes has no history at all of it. So what's going through his head? I have no idea. Whether he's 
whether the price tag's playing on his mind. He shanked a couple of sitters, didn't he, early on, yeah. and whether that's mm. frustrated him. I don't know. Maybe he's got a couple of weeks now. A couple of weeks. Was not, oh, needs, to get his head, needs to get his head back in order, get, doesn't get he? His like, right. Get his head right. Get in the gym. don't know. Sort himself out because you, you, you can't react like that. It, it was silly. Like he, 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 he lost his head. He, you know, he saw red and just completely lost it, didn't he? But I think it's a, it's a frustration from him. He, he didn't. We wasn't particularly having a great game. I thought he looked better in the. He was getting more involved in the build-up than he did against Fulham. Um, but he, uh, I think there was a little bit of needle in the first half between them. I don't think it was anything Anderson necessarily did that was you know out of order. It was just rough treatment from a centre half in the Premier League, and I think he. He was a bit frustrated, like Lee said. He he, he snatched at a couple of chances, didn't he, uh, early on? And it, it is almost like it's it's almost like he's in pure competition with Haaland. It's like if Haaland scores two every two the week before or two the game before, the pressure's on him again because everyone's gonna is comparing the two. Mm. I think he yeah. just needs to sort of take a step back and maybe the, I know it sounds stupid because it, it isn't helping us in the long run at all, but it might help him a little bit to take the pressure off him a little bit to keep him away from it. He's gonna have three games out now. Um, Klopp can obviously work with him. Yeah, Klopp, Klopp, Klopp can work with him. He can sort of, exp- you know, get his head right and, and come again. And I still think he'll be. He needs to put the pressure on himself, and just losing it the way he did was just, yeah, it was absolutely silly. The only saving grace for him really is the fact that we managed to, to find an equaliser and we didn't lose. That was that's the only yeah. saving grace for him. Other than I thought it was a good performance from a team overall. It's just two points dropped at the end of the day. Just didn't finish the chances. But listen, the it's listen. It's two games in. You know, we, we have we're still un, we're still unbeaten. If you look at it, if you want to take the positive yeah. away from it, we've, two, got, we've, two got the, we've got the longest unbeaten record in the league out of all the teams at the moment. So we're like twenty-one games unbeaten or something like look, that. The, so. the one thing I'll say is about Nunes. Okay, if that's playing on your mind, the whole price and expectation, fine. But this is football. You know, it's going to happen to a lot of people. Players have been bought, overpriced. It happens every single season. One of the players I just mentioned, Pepe, it just happened to him. You know, yeah. Pepe was bought for 72. He didn't live up to it. You move on. You shrug your shoulders. You get dropped. You, you become the player that's out of the game. For Nunes, I don't think that's going to happen whatsoever. But he's going to be a, he's going to be a victim now. He, all these players are going to look at him and know what buttons to press. Um, it just yeah. happens, you know. When you know, are, he's, when you're known as he's got to learn from that, though, isn't he? That's it. Yeah, yeah. He's, all he's got to do is got he's got to just answer it now with goals. When, when you when you come into a league like when you come into a league like this as some sort of baptism of fire, and after missing so many opportunities beforehand, people are going to look at you as if not that you're weak in the game or that you can't handle the league, but they're going to know, you know what what gets you what gets you angry and that's not a good position to be in considering you're you're an you know you're a forward so, you're you're at the you're well, at the well, top I you're think the one people that... do target him now i want people to target him now because people go out their way to try and unsettle him and end up giving away fouls and stuff like that so I'd probably work into my mm. advantage the, the good so, thing is he's under a manager he's, like Klopp, and like, like you've got you've got salah there Jota's going to return from injury um and hopefully for Mino, obviously, we've got to talk about the game coming up because we're going to be back next Tuesday, which is after it. What's your thoughts now going into Manchester United? How do you think he's going to play it? Uh, Lee, I'll go to you first as you're talking. Um, if Firmino's not fit, because obviously you've got a lot of injuries. This is additive to fire. Darwin has his own fire, shall we say. But yeah, what's your take on it now? 
I think if he's not fit, uh, if there's no centre forwards fit, I think he moves possibly either Diaz or Salah into the middle, and he'll bring Carvalho into the front three. Hmm. Looked good when he came on, but I've got to say that Carvalho, I thought he, I thought he looked good, but yeah, I don't know. There wasn't. I, I think for me, the good thing is with Nunes is this like one. this is what's good about having depth. You're going to have players to like. If you think if your whole team was fit, Nunes wouldn't be as big of an issue. It's still an issue, but it's just the fact that Firmino and our whole team's fit. I think Klopp Klopp sort of said in his interview after that Firmino should be fit by next week. So I I, I would expect Firmino to start up front. Um, But like like Lee said, I think it will be. I think most likely you may even see like a a tweak to the formation, and you may even see sort of. um, the false nine, Carvalho maybe sort of playing as a false nine and then having sort of Diaz and, and Salah running off of Carvalho. In, in no, I wouldn't be surprised player. if they do like a 4 2 3 1, Henderson and Fabinho sitting, and then you've got like Harvey Elliott, Carvalho, Diaz. Do you see holding against United? What a game you could bounce back, though. <laughs> to be honest, this is going to be a Do you know what is it's gold? A, Three games in, right? And the loser of Manchester United versus Liverpool could be bottom of the table. That is literal music to my ears. Um, You'll just be re- just be reliving your start to the season last year, though, wouldn't you? So you'd be, you'd be, <laughs> yeah, used, you'd be used to that. <laughs> now, listen, it's, it's yeah. needs must. It's needs must at the minute. At the minute, you know, Nunes has completely thrown a spanner in the works in terms of the starting lineup for next week, but. I'd still, you know, given Man United's start to the season, how bad they Thing are. Is, if, Firmino I mean, go, if Firmino goes and have a blinder next Monday against Man United, let's be honest, a big game of the season, then Nunes has just caused more problems for himself. Because he's well, just going to find it harder. Imagine, Man City next week. imagine Man City lose next week and we win. Suddenly our start to the season ain't looking that bad. Right. The thing, I mean... The thing is, the thing is, as well, you've got to look at it. Every everyone's playing for position. Just because Nunes has been brought in for a big fee doesn't mean he starts every game. You know, if, yeah. if Firmino comes in and plays well, Firmino starts the next game. It's that simple. And that's when, and that's now up to, back as well. This is it. It's up to it's up to Nunes now to pull his socks up um, and 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 basically prove, show, show to Klopp why why you brought him in and, and you know put him in you know put put me back in the team. But if I was to make a, if, if I was to make a, a statement about Liverpool, I think Diaz will score more than. Nunes this season in the Premier League. I'm going to put in the Premier League there just just because I think they're obviously going to rotate in the Champions League and stuff. So it may make it a bit but this tricky. Is, but this is the thing. I think I think people are putting Nunes in this bracket that they don't need. They shouldn't be putting him in. He's not going to start every yeah. game. And I don't necessarily say. Will, I think Diaz will. I think Diaz is. I yeah, don't Diaz think you can. Start, Diaz will start every game more or less. But I think you've got, people have got to take Nunes out of this bracket of. They're comparing him to Haaland and expecting him to come and do the same things that Haaland's going to do. We we spread the goals around the whole team, you know, the front three especially. So it, he's not going to come in and score 30, 30 plus goals this year. Yeah, but I think because, you've, like you just said, though, because of his price tag and stuff like that, he's, isn't he your most ever expensive signing? He yeah. could be if if with the add-ons and stuff, yeah. But yeah, look, listen, I mean, but... But money doesn't guarantee goals. Look at the Kaku. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the the money thing is irrelevant. You've got to look at the player and what he offers to us. It gives us another dimension with a big with a bigger presence in the box. Um, so that's that's something that he does. You know, he might take away a, a, a bit of the movement that we used to have from the, the sort of fluidity of the front three. But we're just going to have to get used to to playing with a with a centre forward, which we haven't had for. Yeah, well, and, and again, he's only, he's only 
he's only um he's 22 as well so he's he's more of one for a couple of years time still can't believe that but yeah i mean i don't think you've got too much to worry about the way diaz yeah. was looking last night with him running down the right channels, you know, he's going to cause issues, especially against Man United, the way they are defending at the moment. If the Brian Mbumo can do it, <laughs> if Mbumo can do it, I think um, Luis Diaz and Mo Salah will have no problems. But, the thing yeah. is as well, every, every team's going to go through go through phases throughout the season. It doesn't matter whether it's at the start of the season. The end we'll of the have season. our blip. You watch. In October, is... we've got, in October, we've got Spurs, you, and then Leeds away and then City. Mark my words, that'll be our blip. Um, Listen, everyone's we... everyone's going to drop points this season at some point along the way. It doesn't really matter when it happens. It's, we're two games into the season. Everyone's writing us off for the title. Let's just let's just wait and see. Let's wait and see. Right, and then that note, I think we've wrapped it up. Um, people that have tuned in, thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed the content. If you have, do smash the like button and hit the subscribe if you're new. And follow us on all our socials. We're on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, on our YouTube channel, we'll be back next Tuesday. We'll be talking all things from the weekend and transferred as the deadline day is looming. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. Have a good week, everyone. And we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy, guys. See ya.